Hello and welcome back everybody to the Just One More Level podcast. I am your co-host Christian. And I'm your co-host John. And real quick before we get started this week, we did want to bring up just one thing for everybody out there. If you don't know, somehow, we have our own website, justonemorepodcasts.com with an S. Uh, Wherever you are, it'll be linked somewhere, whether it's in the Twitch chat, if you're in the Twitch chat, if you're watching on YouTube or listening on your podcast provider of choice, it'll be listed there somewhere. And the reason we bring it up today is because we regularly do polls on there about games that you would like to see us play. Uh, And we have a new poll up. It's a few different games, just to pick out a few real quick. There's Prey on PC, um, Diablo, and then the current leaders, Middle Earth, Shadow of Mordor, and Lego Star Wars on the PlayStation 2. Just a few of the examples from there. I would love to if you all would hop on over at the website and just give a vote on one or more of those games that you would like to see us play. Mm -hmm. But with that out of the way, John. Yes. What did we play this week? This week we played the original Spyro on the PlayStation 1. We didn't play the Reignited Trilogy just yet. Um, It is something that we have thought about playing in the future. And it's something I'm really looking forward to getting into because I haven't tried the Reignited Trilogy yet. But we thought we would just stick to basics for now and get the original one in there before we tried to move on to something different. Uh, Especially since the Reignited Trilogy was on the poll and it didn't do as well as this one, which is our first poll winner episode. Yeah, I believe yeah, this is it. Yeah, this is. Yeah, yeah, it is. This is what everybody wanted to see us play, which I think yep. both of us are pretty happy with because we are. We both have a bit of history with Spyro and mm-hmm. it was nice to return to it. And it was even it was even better, in my opinion, returning to the original. I've mm-hmm. recently played through the entirety of the first game on the Reignited trilogy and having played it and now coming back, there are some things that were a little rough about this early game um that kind of pretty much every 3d platformer early 3d platformer struggled with yeah but it was still nice to kind of return not only to the world of spyro but also just the nostalgia of playing this game that i played you know when i was so young and the chunky graphics and the weird textures and things like that um it was it was a nice thing to return to but uh Mm -hmm. For anybody out there who doesn't know what Spyro is, I will turn it over to John. Why don't you give us just a quick, quick little uh, taste of what Spyro is all about? Sure. Uh, So Spyro is an open world 3D action platformer for the PlayStation 1. You exist in the world of, I'm trying to remember exactly what it's called, Agro something? Agriculture? terrible um agrarian (laughs) (laughs) i I forget you're in the world of aquarium and Uh, you're in the world of aquarius and um (laughs) but i i forget i forget what the world is called but you exist in a fantasy world of dragons and other kind of creatures nothing sort of traditionally mythical they're all unique creatures to the franchise and to the world which Mm -hmm. is really nice um it's very bright and colorful and engaging and it was one of the first 3d platformers that the playstation really nailed um they kind of struggled to find their footing in the early days nintendo 64 was just pumping them out uh they had super mario 64 banjo kazooie and those were huge cells everybody loved the kid friendly 3d platforms on that platform but uh the playstation had yet to kind of nail it down there were a couple of early attempts there were there was croc on the ps1 there was uh crash bandicoot yeah which uh crash bandicoot of course was successful it was very famous and it went on to become a big thing but a lot of people complained about how limiting 
Crash Bandicoot was. Uh, like we talked about in our original episode where we played it, we talked about how they got over the hurdles of the graphical limitations and the system limitations of the PlayStation by narrowing the view that you had to look at in Crash mm-hmm. Bandicoot so that they weren't stunted by those early hurdles. But Spyro was really unique in the sense that it was open world like Super Mario 64 and even more unique in the sense that they developed a new game engine for this game. I don't I don't know if you knew that, but I, I looked into a little bit of the history of it going into this just because I mean, it's it's Spyro. I'm sure everybody's played this game uh, at some point or another. Somebody's cousin had it or uh, somebody that you knew, somebody from school had this game on the PlayStation. You went over to their house and played it. I didn't even have a PlayStation until I was like 12 or 13 and I had played it a bunch before that. Um, so I, I thought, hey, why don't I look into something I don't know about the game, the the history involved? Um, and what I did, I, I what I found out was pretty surprising. They initially didn't have Sony dev kits when they were programming this game. Um, so uh, it, it took some doing to, to get a hold of that. And they programmed a unique engine to run this game in where they didn't have to use Void Fog to cover up things that were rendered very far away in the distance. They just used a technique that's pretty common now. Um, they used a technique to just render distance shots in low polygon, low res, until you got up close and then it would populate. Yeah, which is a technique still used to this day, but they were one mm-hmm. of the pioneers of that. That's one of the few things I did actually know about its development. I didn't know mm-hmm. about the whole engine aspect, like everything you're talking about, but I do remember mm-hmm. hearing about that specific aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I-, I thought that that was pretty cool. Uh, it's something I definitely didn't know about the game going into it. Um, I just knew what most people do. Uh, you play as Spyro the Dragon, who's a really cool character. He's uh, really cocky and sarcastic, like a lot of the PlayStation mascots. And right. uh, it was always just a really fun game to play. If you had Spyro, you were cool back in the day. Um, right, yeah. And uh, I had a lot of fun going back into it. I, I was telling Christian about it on the on the uh, the Twitch stream here before we got into recording it that I took a bit of a different approach than I would usually take when I was playing this game before, and I I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. But um, what about your experience with the game? Do you have any uh any any anecdotes, any remarks uh before I talk about my 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 very very small change <laughs> in pace that I did. I didn't really do anything incredible. I just play the game like you were supposed to for once. <laughs> right, yeah. So one quick thing, you mentioned like all those other games and things that were kind of developed around the same time. And mm-hmm. it one important aspect that I think you kind of missed was this was one of the uh character one of the what's it called mascot games for the PlayStation, right? Obviously, yeah. like you said, Nintendo had Mario. That was a given. And then soon after mm-hmm. that they were able to get like Banjo Tooie and other mascot characters like that. This was kind of part of that mm-hmm. push for Sony's own mascot game, mascot character. And mm-hmm. so uh, Spyro was developed in that, Crash was developed in that, Croc and some others. But kind of what made it unique compared to like the Mario game was the sense of attitude, right? Because obviously the yeah. idea at the time was that PlayStation was for teenagers and adults, that Nintendo was just for little kids. Right. So Spyro has a little bit of attitude, it, more so in later games than in the first, but you still see little hints of it here and there in the first game. And mm-hmm. uh, that's one of the other things that I really enjoy about Spyro is just that it's a little bit more 
I don't want to say mature per se, but it does have, it appeals a little bit more toward adults. So obviously adults enjoy Mario. I sure as hell do. But right. uh, yeah, just a nice little right. twist on it. But as far as like gameplay wise and whatnot, I'm more of a completionist than you are just in general. Mm-hmm. So the way I've always played Spyro is to, before I leave an area, collect everything. 100% every single level before I move on. So mm-hmm. whenever me and you were chatting a little bit and you were telling me about how you always just kind of ran around, explored, just kind of save the dragon sort of thing, that really mm-hmm. was a bit of a surprise to me. It shouldn't have been because I know that's more how you play games than than I do, but right. I just couldn't imagine doing it that way, right? Especially with Spyro because I believe Spyro is like the perfect game to complete because it's relatively easy to complete, mm-hmm. to find everything. It has right. a nice tracker built in telling you uh, how many gems in each level you still have left to collect, uh, mm-hmm. whether you need to find the dragon eggs or how many dragons themselves you need to find and unlock, things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's a really ga- great gate. It's a really great game to complete. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for me for, for, for how I play the game. I don't really have any right. like special anecdotes or anything like that. Gotcha. It's just uh, yeah, yeah. So, like you were saying, I I I do like being a completionist. The the problem is sometimes I just get kind of distracted along the way, and I I can't really find my way around where the game wants me to go to be a completionist. So, especially as a kid. So, a lot of the time as a kid, I would just wander around and try to find the dragons, and I would collect gems along the way and different things like that. But this time around, I noticed that the dragons actually give you hints as to how you're supposed to be playing the game. Uh, In particular, I noticed one area of the main map that I have no idea how I missed before as a kid. Um, There's an area of the map with the boss stage. There's just this giant dragon mouth, and the dragon that you rescue from right in front of it says, hey, you need to collect 10 dragons before you can fight the boss. And I was like, I didn't even know there was a boss. (laughs) (laughs) I always assumed there was at the end of the game, but usually games have a boss or at least some kind of mini boss for every stage. So I always just assumed that since I never found a boss when I went through the the mini portals that you find during the game, that it just didn't have a boss. That just wasn't the point of the game. That's what I always thought as a kid, at least, because any game I'd played before that that was linear, um, the boss would be apparent. You had to beat the boss to move on. So I, I wasn't really acquainted with the open world aspect of this game. So I uh, I actually tried to just rescue 10 dragons. My goal with playing this game for the podcast was to rescue 10 dragons from whichever worlds I wanted and then to beat the boss, which which I ended up doing. And I thought the first boss was hilarious. He's yeah. just a sheep. On still in a cloak. Yeah, yeah, yep. or no, not it's, it's only one sheep, is it? Or it's, I can't yeah, remember. It's, now. it's one, it's one, it's one sheep on stilts. On and stilts then, with a big overcoat, uh, right? With a big overcoat and yeah. like a like a pumpkin face and stuff. And I I thought that was hilarious. And the fact that there's dogs and and like wolves around him. Yeah, it's the sheep and wolf's clothing mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. type of thing, or wolf and sheep's clothing. That's that's the right way around. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I I thought that was that was fun and clever and the bosses yeah it's super easy to beat but you know this this isn't meant to be Dark Souls this is right <laughs> this is supposed to be like a fun lighthearted experience so 
I, yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. And I was even more so surprised that for some reason I had never seen that before. It's a really obvious area in uh, the World Hub. At the beginning, you just kind of go through these these two mountains, and it's it's right there. But uh, I, I thought that was fun. I didn't go to the worlds that I would usually go to. I'd usually... I went to the, the Stone Hill world, which yeah, is, I think, yeah. everybody's first world. It looks just like the, the Overworld Hub um, at the beginning here, but uh, it's just a little bit different. And then from there, I would usually go to the uh, the Rocky world. I, I'm not sure what it's called. I don't quite remember, but it, it looks like you're just in the Grand Canyon, and you go yeah. around and, and fly and stuff like that. And that's pretty much all I had ever played of it, really, when I was a kid. But um, I actually went to some different levels this time. I went to like the, the swamp one with the frogs and the big frog ogre type guys that you have to beat, yep. um, which was nice. So I, I tried to diversify a little bit <laughs> when I when I played it this time, more so than I, I had before, because I had only ever played it when I was a kid. I think maybe the last time I had played Spyro was, oh, I might have been a teenager. I think maybe I was 15, 16, something like that. But um yeah, I, I hadn't picked it up in a while, but I knew I'd played it a lot, so I wanted to try to do something a little different and unique this time around instead of just retreading and talking about the game as if nobody's ever played it, you know? Right. <laughs> and yeah. I, I had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, and that's, so, like, for me, like I said, I've always kind of played it as a more completionist style, so I, I just played it the same. And in my hour, I ended up playing through the entire first um you call each what i would call a level you call world i consider each world like yeah. each hub world kind of so i 100 yeah. ed the first hub world i guess gotcha is uh, how i would say it okay in my time yeah playing and it's just um, um it's just me relating it to mario because you have portals that you go through and in mario yeah, the portals yeah. are the paintings in the castle and those are the different worlds worlds yeah but there's only one so hub world in that game right. so it gets a little yeah. Yeah, and I'm not sure which terminology is technically correct, but regardless. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, so yeah, the one. So there are some problems with the game, though. Obviously, it's colorful, yes. it's beautiful. They were able to do a lot of cool tricks to make the game look as good as it could, given the mm -hmm. hardware of the time. Um, mm -hmm. And the, the story and characters and everything are quirky and unique, and it's very, it's very nice to play. Uh, right. But being an early 3D platformer, it does have a few issues. The yes. biggest one. And I think every 3D platformer of the time had it, the camera. Mm -hmm. yep. The camera gets stuck on things. It's It was made before the DualShock controller was a thing. So you don't have mm -hmm. like camera controller with the right thumbstick. Even right. if the DualShock controller had been out at the time, I don't know if they would have gave you camera control with the right thumbstick because that wasn't kind of the default yet. Instead, you yeah. use, I think it's L2, R2 and mm -hmm. inverted, which isn't too bad for me because I'm used to kind of inverted controls anyways. That's kind of my default. But I know for a lot of people, mm -hmm. inverted controls is not the norm for them. And that can hamper their experience with it. Um, and mm. then just some yeah. other things like you would think sometimes that you would be high enough to get on something. But because of the way textures don't always show up exactly where they really are on the PlayStation, you it would look like right. you were high enough to get on a ledge, but then you're not quite high enough. Little things like that. Right. Nothing, nothing terrible. It's just kind of the things that they had to learn and deal with as 3D platformers became a thing. Because uh, obviously yeah. before this, 3D platformers were just 2D 
experiences, usually side-scrolling. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I tooled around with the settings a little bit this time around, which I had never really done before. And it is actually DualShock compatible, but not with the camera. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't do anything with the camera. There's an option in the option screen that says vibrations on or off. So I switched it on, but I have never once encountered anything in the game that would ever vibrate the controller. So I, it was probably developed with, without that functionality in mind. I don't, I don't think they added that in at all. And then um, the uh, you you can use an analog stick. I I played this on the PS2, oh, um, yeah, so yeah. I used a PS2 controller. Uh, so you can use an analog stick to move around. Yes, which you can. The left I would recommend. Um, see, but because just real quick, sorry uh, to interrupt. I would actually, I would recommend it and not recommend it. It depends on how much precision yeah. you need from my experience, mm-hmm. especially in the later yeah. levels. There are some more precise platforming sections. So during those, yeah. it can mm-hmm. actually be very helpful to have the movement on the D pad instead of the right, right, uh, right. left stick. But, but yes, you are right. You can mm-hmm. use the left stick to move around as well. Yeah. 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 Um, and there is actually a camera setting. There's just one. You can switch it from passive camera to active camera. I didn't and mess the with active that. Camera, I saw it, that, but I didn't mess with that. Yeah. All, all it does is fix the camera behind Spyro at all times so that it just constantly moves with you and the environment. It does occasionally loop around a little bit when it, it can't figure out what you're trying to do. <laughs> so if you end up on a platform and you're in you're facing the opposite direction of the way it thinks you should be, it doesn't catch up right away. But um I, I I didn't know which one I preferred better. Um, I'd never messed with that setting before, so obviously I'd always play the game with a passive camera. But I tried to play a good bit of it with an active camera, and in some circumstances, it really pays off, especially when you're like running around charging with your uh with your with your headbutt because you can hold in the headbutt command to just charge. Yeah, it just makes you run faster. Have a run button. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But the uh, the the drawback of it was that when you're trying to fly in in certain areas and you're trying to like land a glide just right, it can get very disorienting when you land because it doesn't match up the way it's supposed yeah. to. So sure. it yeah, very 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 stunted camera control and the controls in general are just a little bit slippery. Yeah, not as much as in some other platforming games, even Crash Bandicoot, definitely which we played. Yeah last last season um the controls on that are very slippery and they don't they didn't design the game as if that was the f- the 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 case <laughs> they designed the game as if their controls were razor tight and precise and they were not no um <laughs> at least in the so, remake to be to be clear we only covered the uh insane trilogy so right i don't want to harp right. on the original um, it may have been better sure um i i played it it's not but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um it's uh it, it, it th- those are just normal drawbacks of a platforming a 3d platforming game from this era yeah uh they they were they were trying to figure stuff out they hadn't quite perfected everything just yet um with the exception of super mario 64 which for some reason not perfect there were camera issues and things in that so sure it was the best of the bunch for sure but yeah still had problems definitely yeah um but it it doesn't really take away from the fun factor which is what games are all about Exactly. You're here to have fun. You're you're here to pick it up and play it and to enjoy your experience. And this game was fun as a kid and it's fun today. I I wouldn't mind picking it up and playing it today at all. Um even completing the game. 
I definitely want to check out the sequels. I believe I've played them at some point. I know that people I knew had them, so I think I've played them. That's the same for me. <laughs> but, I know my uncle had one or two of the games, so I know I've played a little bit right. of the. I don't know if it was the second or third because I mean I was a little tiny right. kid just playing some of his games. Um, right. But I don't I don't remember which one it was. But but like you, I am excited to play the other ones. I'm sure we will on the podcast at some point. And one thing right. that I really want to see, obviously, maybe not obviously, depending how much you know about the Spyro franchise, but the franchise mm-hmm. kind of fell out of favor after the PlayStation era. It was picked up, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, it was picked up by a different developer uh, after the mm-hmm. PlayStation era and kind of for the PlayStation 2. And it just kind of yeah. started, the reviews started getting a little bit worse and worse for it. It, it just stopped doing as well to the point to where they stopped kind of making actual spyro games and then it became more of that what was that toy based game spyro Uh, skylanders skylanders yeah and it kind of evolved into that sort of deal so i'm really excited Mm -hmm. at some point to after we finish playing the playstation games to kind of take a look at the playstation 2 games and see if they deserved all the hate or if it was just people kind of got tired of more of the same like what exactly happened to to spyro that's something else that i would really like to look into yeah that'd be interesting um according to the uh little video that i watched um yeah uh, universal interactive was the producer and insomniac games was the developer and insomniac didn't want to stay where they were they wanted to move on to other things and try their hand with other franchises which eventually became ratchet and clank right which is great yes um because we we did ratchet and clank and it's amazing um but universal didn't want to let spyro die so they just kind of whoever was available yeah, they, whoever was available developed the game from that point on. It wasn't the original team, or they didn't really have a specific vision in mind. So like the all the interviews with, um, I think Ted Price is was the guy's name. Um, all, all the interviews with him and his team, you know, they were always like, you know, for the second game, we wanted to add so much more, and we wanted to do this new and interesting thing, and for the third game, we wanted to up the ante even more, and then um, after that, it, it didn't seem like Universal was interested in doing something new and interesting with the game so much as they were keeping hold of the IP. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and they, they just wanted to make more Spyro. So kind of the whole than... Tony Hawk thing with Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5 or 6, yeah. whatever it was, the developer mm-hmm. was just like, hey, we're about to lose this IP, we have to do something with it, and then just kind of release right. trash, is basically what you're saying? Yeah, okay. yeah, that's okay. that's that's too bad. That's kind of what ended up happening. Yeah, uh, shocking about that game, by the way. I just found out. Did you know that the game is not on the game? The game is not. <laughs> wait, you mean download or something? Or? The disc. Yeah, the disc doesn't contain the game. The disc contains the install file, and um, the entirety of the game is contained in the first update. That's insane. So that's terrible. So. Yeah, because they were uh, pushed to print the game before before they were ready. Which, I mean, that happens fairly often, but to to release the game without even a playable version is just insane. It doesn't even have a, yeah, it does not have a playable version of the game on it at all. So in order to play the game, you have to to get it now and download it on your PS4 before they stop supporting that, which won't be, I mean, too much longer. The PS5 is out now, so... 
That's um, crazy. It's, it's not going to be a crazy long time. But yeah, the uh, all of the discs were rushed to print um, before they had completed the game. So they timed the release of the printed with discs the update. with yeah. the update. All right. So that you could actually play the game. Well, okay. That depressing uh, note aside, garbage. one more thing I did want to talk right. about with Spyro, <laughs> though. Not a terrible yeah. game. Uh, the whole thing's on the disc. Right. No updates needed. Uh, not that they had an right. option to do anything else at the time, really. Regardless, uh, one more thing I did want to mention was yeah. just the dragonfly. I forget the name of the dragonfly, Spark or something like that. Uh, Sparks. Yeah. The, I, yeah, I always yeah. really liked how that's your health tracker in the game. I felt like that was fairly unique yes. that other games didn't mm-hmm. do, having a little companion or something. Something in the game world and not just a UI element that let you know how much health you had left. Right. I thought that was really unique. And on top of that... yeah. Spark actually helps you as a companion. He collects gems and things Mm -hmm. for you that are laying around. If you actually lose enough health, Spark disappears entirely. And you actually have to like walk to every gem and touch them to pick them up. So you actually kind of lose something the more health you lose, which I thought was nice. And then on top of that, how he heals Mm -hmm. is there are little creatures that you can find about and you can you can kill them by whether, you know, it's with your, your dragon fire or whether you just headbutt them. And they release mm-hmm. a butterfly because why not? And then uh, Spark chases right. down that butterfly, like does this whole little like three second animation or whatever, chasing a butterfly to to eat it and restore a bit of your health right. in the process. So I always just thought that was really cute. And it's yep. one of the things that I really love about Spyro specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's very nice. Um, there's was there something similar in Banjo Kazooie because in Yugalele you kill little creatures that release butterflies and your companion eats them or you eat them I don't remember exactly but I didn't know if Yugalele got that from Spyro or if they got that from Banjo Kazooie you know honestly I don't remember that in either game <laughs> I don't remember that in Yugalele okay. or being in Banjo so I'm not sure I'm not saying you're wrong yeah, yeah, yeah. my memory's just very poor so I don't know no, yeah. You um you gotta get the little uh, little butterflies in order to it's inter- oh, energy. Oh yeah, I think it's I think it's, energy, I think it's energy actually. I I think I remember yeah. now because during like some of the racing sequences, you had to constantly refill your energy. You have to yeah. eat them. Um, yeah. My guess again, I don't remember uh, as much banjo as I played back in the day on the N sixty four. My memory's so poor, I just don't remember for sure. But I'm assuming that was more right. of a nod towards Spyro. But I could completely okay. be wrong. Feel free to tell us that we're wrong in the comments below if you're watching on the website or yeah. YouTube channel. <laughs> right. But uh, just one more level, Christian, of, of Spyro? For sure. Honestly, I mean, like I said, yeah. I've already 120% it or whatever it is whenever you actually complete complete this game. I've done that before on the mm-hmm. remake. I would love to do it at some point on the original. And it's on my mm-hmm. list of games that I may possibly write up a full review for at some point just because it's something that I really enjoy playing. So would I play just one more level? For sure. No doubt in my mind. Yeah. And I as well. I have always loved playing Spyro. It was it was always there for me. <laughs> any, any anybody I knew that had a PlayStation had Spyro. Yeah. Um. And if if they didn't have Spyro, then of course they had Crash Bandicoot or something like that. But Spyro seemed to be like the one thing that everybody had if you had a PlayStation. Uh, growing up. 
So it's always been a point of nostalgia, and I would love to give it like an honest try. I'd love to actually try to play through the game with uh, some kind of strategy um, instead of just wandering around trying to figure out where the dragons are. I think that would be fun. Um, Actually, you know, completing the levels, finding all the gems, all that kind of fun stuff. So yeah, I, I would definitely play just one more level. Awesome. But in in the meantime, Christian, where can we find you? Yeah, so you can mostly find me on our website, just one more podcast talk. I do different things on there, kind of like I mentioned uh, a few seconds ago. I do some reviews that I post on there, as well as some short mm-hmm. stories and occasionally just little updates and things. Uh, I do also have the Twitch channel, which we stream these podcasts on whenever we're recording them. And sometimes I'll also hop on there to do mm-hmm. challenge runs of different games or just play through whatever I feel like playing through, really. And I also do the YouTube mm-hmm. and Twitter stuff, but I'm not really that active on there, if I'm being honest. So yeah, but mm-hmm. if you did want to check any of that stuff out, links is below on your podcast platform of choice or YouTube. Um, Jonathan, how about you? Right. Yeah, I am also on YouTube. I have a channel, I am the Dorseman, and hopefully by this time I will have uploaded one, if not two, uh, two more videos of gameplay. Um, well, I guess just one, because I, I didn't record any for this one specifically, but um, I, I will have uploaded at least just one. Uh, my plan going forward is to upload the gameplay footage of the games that we play on the podcast that I record, um, just to kind of give, like, uh, kind of give my own take on it and everything like that, but I'm not going to upload those until after the podcast comes out, because that'll, uh, spoil all the fun. So, uh, hopefully we can look forward to that in the future. You can also find me on the social medias at the Dorseman on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You can find us at the Just One More Podcasts Facebook page. That's where we keep you guys updated on when we're going to be going live on Twitch and when new episodes come out and different kind of community interactive things like that. So definitely come and follow us on there. Join the group. And don't forget to check us out on the Just One More Podcasts website. That is where we do a lot of fun stuff. Like we mentioned at the beginning of the video, we have a live poll going on on the website uh, at all times where we take your user suggestions and then we ask you to narrow it down for us. What game would you like to see us play next the most? And we take that into account. This episode right here was one of those those winners. So definitely come and check us out. Um, Christian also does some fun stuff on there. He does some blogs like he was mentioning. So um, it's a great place to come and check everything out. And in the meantime, thank you so much for watching and listening. If you're listening on your podcast platform of choice, you didn't have to, but you did. And we appreciate it. So thank you. We most certainly do. But that's all we have time for this week. We shall be back again next week with Bendy and the Ink Machine, right? Bendy and the Ink Machine. Yes, sir. Bendy and the Ink Machine. And I would suggest everybody keep a close eye on that one. We're thinking of doing something a little extra with that Mm -hmm. one. No spoilers just yet. You'll just have to check out the episode. But again, that's all we have time for. Thank you all so much for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.